0868104106 if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show remember that number because we have tickets to give away to Cork City and Finharps taking place uh, this Monday and Turners Cross going to give you details on that in a second uh, so remember that number 0868104106 going to wrap up all today's action we'll start with our Premier League wrap up and uh, six goals between Southampton and Bournemouth Peter Hood Hampton 3, Bournemouth 3. What a game. It all started in the first 12 minutes, or 20 minutes if you want to call it that way, because Shane Long gave the home side the lead, but Southampton were pegged back by two first-half goals from Gosling and Wilson before restoring the lead in the second half through Ward-Prowse and then a a Matt Target header. But Callum Wilson equalised late on to save the game for Bournemouth. Southampton 3, Bournemouth 3. That's where Wolves winning 2-1 at Watford. Joe Rawson... Full-time Watford 1, Wolves 2. This is a hugely significant win for Nuno Espirito Santo's side in the battle to finish 7th in the Premier League and on balance a victory they just about deserved. Raul Jimenez's 13th league goal of the campaign nudged them in front just before the break as he headed in a jotter cross. Watford were gifted an equaliser straight after the restart. Ryan Bennett caught in possession by Gerard Delafeo. His initial shot was saved, but Andre Gray fired in the rebound. But Wolves won it with 12 minutes left to play. This time Ben Foster was the man guilty of making a mistake. He came and got nowhere near Ruben Neves' deep ball, and Diogo Jota took advantage to score his 10th of the season by uh, slotting the ball into an empty net. into an empty net so maybe a crumb of comfort for Wolves after their FA Cup semi-final defeat a couple of weeks ago it's finished Watford 1 Wolves 2 Finished scores between Crystal Palace and Everton. Andrew Chill. Crystal Palace nil, Everton nil. Everton created all the best chances but couldn't put even one away. Richarlison should have had a penalty when he was tripped by Van Arnholt. Bernard hit the outside of the post with a cracking left footer. And Tosin, with a clever back heel, brought an outstanding one-handed save from Palace keeper Gaiata. All that plus some half chances to Everton. Meanwhile, Palace, Palace failed to work the keeper at all. Zahar ran his heart out but didn't get enough support up front. Palace nil, Everton nil. Cardiff, meanwhile, on the brink of relegation from the Premier League after a 1-0 defeat at Fulham. Ryan Babble scoring the winner at Craven Cottage. Cardiff boss Neil Warlock says it's another disappointing day for his team. I don't think we'd have scored if we'd have been playing till Christmas, really. But you can't say we didn't try, you know. I think ten shots in the last ten minutes alone, you know. Some good opportunities, really. And uh, I thought there's only one player on the pitch that would have scored their goal as well, you know. Unfortunately for us, he, he took it, really, with no complaints about that. Half an hour gone in the late kickoff. Uh, Brighton nil, Newcastle won. Iosi Perez with the goal for the Magpies after 18 minutes. In the early kickoff, West Ham winning 1 0 at Tottenham. Guy Swindles. Spurs nil, West Ham won. First goal Spurs have conceded and the first defeat at their new stadium, and it's come at the hands of their bitter London rivals. Fabulous finish from Mikel Antonio, set up by Arnautovic midway through the second half. The only goal of a thoroughly entertaining game. Lloris made fine saves to keep Spurs in it after Fabianski had been busier in the first half but when Janssen's header was cleared off the line in the 94th minute you knew it wasn't Spurs day Spurs nil, West Ham won that's Tottenham's hopes of a top four uh, being uh, dealt a bit of a blow today they're still third in the table though Chelsea though could move level and points with them tomorrow Arsenal can go to within one Spurs boss Michel Pochettino says his team are flat they are in different circumstances and different reality of course they, they were fresh we were tired and now it's about to move on and of course it's going to be tough we have a head to, to game in Premier League I hope and wish that we are in the top four on then so obviously that means West Ham have become the first team to win at Tottenham's new stadium manager Manuel Pellegrini 
Greeny says it's great for the supporters to get one over their rivals. I felt that we play a complete game because we defend well, because we attack well, because we play in the way I always talking that this team needs to play as a big team, especially also again for the fans that we know that Tottenham is our major rival here. For So I think also the fans must be very happy. Norwich, meanwhile, will be promoted from the Championship if they avoid defeat to Blackburn Rovers this evening and is at half past seven. Meanwhile, they could be crowned champions as well if they better Sheffield United result uh, against Ipswich United, though, are a goal up against Ipswich Town. Scott Hogan there uh, with the goal and uh, Norwich City and Blackburn is half seven kickoff. Brian Barry Murphy, meanwhile, helped to guide Rochdale to safety. The Corkman was appointed as manager of the League One side in March following the sack of Keith Hill initially on a caretaker basis and then permanently he's been at the club since 2010 as a player he's been a coach there since uh, 2014 they had a 1-0 win over Southend this afternoon Ian Henderson with the game's only goal that secures their safety in League 1 with a game to spare so congratulations indeed uh, to Brian and uh, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on Rochdale next season uh, Celtic edging closer to an eighth successive Scottish Premiership uh, title. They beat Kilmarnock 1-0 in the lunchtime kickoff this afternoon. They'll be crowned champions if Rangers don't defeat Aberdeen tomorrow. That is at Ibrox is a three o'clock kickoff for that game uh, tomorrow. Um, elsewhere as well, Norian promoted to the Football League after being crowned uh, National League champions. A goalless draw at home to Braintree Town was enough to secure a place in League Two. They dropped into non-league after relegation in 2017. In the first division of the SSE Tristy League uh, tonight, Cove Ramblers play Drogheda United at 7 o'clock kickoff there down in St. Cummins Park. Should be a good evening for that one. Locally as well in the Munster Senior League, it finished uh, Douglas Hall 1, Middleton 1, UCC 3, Mayfield United 3 and uh, College Corinthians 4, Ringman Rangers uh, 1. They are the uh, the uh, full-time results uh, from this afternoon's action in the uh, Munster Senior League in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship today. Bantry Blues and St. Vincent's going head-to-head. That's underway, uh, so about uh, 13 minutes gone, well, 20 minutes gone, excuse me. Let us score from there, Bantry Blues 2-3, uh, St. Vincent's uh, 1-3. Meanwhile, it's the final day of the Pro 14 regular season. Glasgow will secure home semi-final if they win at home to Edinburgh. Munster, though can take top spot in Conference A if Glasgow lose and the Reds win against Connacht at Tormund Park both those games kicking off at 7.35 half time as well um, Ulster 7 Leinster 13 is currently how it stands in the Ulster Bank League in the promotion playoff uh, UCC beating Malone 27 points to 11 in the Marduk today uh, three time winner Mark Selby out of the World Snooker Championship he's lost 13-10 to Gary Wilson in the second round elsewhere this afternoon it is uh, Stuart Bingham leading John Higgins by uh, three frames to one four frames to three I beg your pardon and uh, Steve McGuire is at 12-11 up on James Cal first 13 progresses TJ Doheny is hopeful of a rematch against Danny Roman the Portly Southpaw lost his IBF super my title in last night's unification bout against uh, Roman in Los Angeles Doheny so, though says there's more to come and then he's shown he is comfortable at world title level Former Irish, Irish Open champion John Ram and his playing partner Ryan Palmer have taken the clubhouse lead at the Zurich Open of New Orleans. They've completed their delayed second round of 15 under par at the team event. Graham McDowell and Henrik Stenson are 12 under in today three while Seamus Power and David Hearn will resume at 8 under par. Valtteri Bottas meanwhile taking pole position and qualifying for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix ahead of his Mercedes teammate Lewis Hamilton. Tickets as I mentioned at the top of the show to give away to uh, Cork City and Finn Harps. It's not been the best 
best of times recently for Cork City. We'll have more when they're defeated Derry City in a little bit. But uh, we have uh, tickets to give away to City and Finn Harp. So all have to do is text your name, uh, your full name and address, please, to 086 8104 106. Uh, just uh, text the word City and also tell us um, your favourite Cork City player. So all I want to know is who's your favourite Cork City player? It doesn't have to be a current player, it can be a past player. So let's know who your Corks, your favourite Cork City player is. 0868104106. Uh, your full name and address, please. And we'll enter you into the draw for a pair of tickets for Cork City and Finn Harps at the cross on Monday night. Now, as I mentioned, Cork, the all Ireland minor A Camogie champions, uh, second in a row for the Rebels as they beat Clare 315 to 212. At McDonough Park today, Clodagh Finn scoring a goal in eight points, with Ella Murphy scoring twice. Player of the match, Fiona Keating scoring five points. Lauren Guilfoyle was there for us today and uh, spoke to the player of the game, Fiona Keating. Fiona, player of the game in the All Ireland final. Can you put it into words for me? Uh, God, no. Um, I suppose the hard work finally paid off for us. You know, we started our hard um, league when we lost championship season series when we um, lost to Bury, and you know it was hard to come back from that and to beat Wexford and. And then come back and draw against Galway to get the points and move on to Kilkenny. You know, we knew Kilkenny were going to be a hard challenge, and Clare as well put up to us today. So, absolutely delighted to come back and get a second one in a row. It's absolutely phenomenal. Losing the first match against Tipperary, did you think going home from that game that you'd be here today collecting that trophy? Um, I suppose, yeah, I knew we, the girls on the team, like, you know, we come along since under 14, and I knew that if we put our heads down for the next few weeks and worked hard, that we could definitely um, come back and retain our title again. You know, the girls put in so much, and our trainers put in so much hard work into us, and it finally paid off for us here today. Today, 17 points up at half time. What was going through your head? Well, we played against we played against the wind the past first two halves against Kilkenny and Galway, so we knew that in playing against the wind in the second half, was going to be a huge challenge and we knew 17 points was nothing you know a few few goals could change a whole game and we knew we were well up against it you know they brought it back to six points and we were just delighted to get over the line at the end of it Were you concerned at any point that this game might might go for you? <laughs> Actually yeah you would be I suppose you know everyone kind of, ever gets, kind of gets intense you know the loads of frees were going against us as well but I knew that we all had it in us to keep working hard and we'd finally pull off the end And five points from play from me yourself you, you must be pretty happy today ah uh, yeah so you know I suppose all the hard work we put in training three four times a week and you know back to our clubs as well they put so much hard work into us from a young age and you know a lot of credit goes to them as well are you heading into some exams over the next couple of weeks no thank god I'm, <laughs> I'm only in fifth year but we have a school county final on Tuesday and a Munster football final Monday week so we work hard next week <laughs> back in swing of things yeah no rest <laughs> perfect thanks very much Fiona enjoy no problem thank you yeah it's player of the match there Fiona Keating scoring five points today for the Rebels as they uh, secured back-to-back uh, All-Ireland Minor A Camogie Championship titles. Their manager is Jerry Wallace. Lawrence been speaking to him. So Jerry, first of all, congratulations, double All-Ireland champions. Tremendous, tremendous uh, achievement. Um, a tremendous achievement with 62 girls over the last two years. Last year with a different panel. I think like nine of t- or ten of last year's panel here today. So it's a whole new group of girls again and we've got them across the line. Fantastic, you know. Fantastic. <laughs> Some terrible... Thing. Conditions there today. We'd rain, we'd wind, we'd a gale force wind, we'd, we'd hailstones. It was a, a, a tough a match to play, I suppose, in those kind of conditions. Yeah, very, very, very difficult altogether. Um, we, 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 we lost the toss and Claire made us play with the wind. So um, I didn't understand that at the <laughs> yeah. time because the conditions were unbelievable here. You'd have to be here to have witnessed it. Scrawly winds, as you said, the wind was driving from the from the scoreboard right down the pitch. So it was, mm. 
uh, there was rain, there was everything in, that you wanted there. Um, but our girls, for the last five weeks, like we've been non-stop. We've been week after week, so we have, it's been every weekend we're used to it. We went up to Galway three weekends ago, two weekends ago, and we had conditions just like that again, so we had. So we were well prepared for it, and it was a few nights when we trained as well in the winter, it was like that. We were well trained, we were well up for it. I'm sure you were pretty shocked, as am I now, to hear that Clare actually decided to play against the wind, considering that it gave you a 17-point lead there at halftime. Yes, uh, I was amazed when the two captains came back, like Hannah and Emma went up for the toss. And um, when they came back, they said, Jerry, we're playing with the wind. And I said, fine. We got together before the national anthem and we had our warm-up done. And we just got together and we spoke about the disadvantage of playing with the wind, how it could become a disadvantage. So what we did was we made sure that we were calm and collective and that we picked up every clear player. We allowed no short puck outs and that we attacked the ball. And then we made sure that we gave the ball into the inside forwards. Nice soft ball inside. And... We, we, just, we got we got freeze and we started to pull away and we had a great score up at halftime. A dangerous score turning at halftime. But at halftime, I'd said to the girls, if we could get five points in the second half, I felt we had a great, great chance of winning it. We played tip earlier in the year at the start of the championship and we failed to score for the first half of that game. But today was brilliant because we played in the conditions exactly like that in Tipperary. We got our four points in the second half and... The, Clare goal came too late. It came in overtime, like to bring to make it any worrying for us. So it was a fantastic achievement. It was a great, great win. Clare had won four on the board just after the break without with, without a Cork response. Would that have worried you, or were you confident that there was enough time there to just see it out? I felt at the time that yeah, Clare were going to get that momentum, and we had discussed it at halftime. And but what we had said to to everyone was to make sure that we just responded in some way that we'd win a dirty ball out around the military quarter area or whatever and we did and we started to get we got one or two scores and that kept the confidence in our girls and then the game became a bit, a bit of a battle in around the middle of the field and in a, around our half back line and we stopped clear creating any opportunities you have to credit our forwards like the work that they put in off the ball hooking and blocking and trying to get in the way of the clear girls delivering the ball into the inside forwards was tremendous today so it was just great credit due to them like there's some wonderful camogie players here so there is and there's a great future there as well going forward for the park I think it's obvious the, the, the comparison between the minor team and the senior team in, in, in how you play and, and how you I suppose, tactically approach the game. You're kind of playing through the lines. Would that have been, um, I suppose, a, a, a very specific thing you wanted to achieve with this team or is it just the style of play that you like to... It's the style of play I like to play. Like I was, I was approached at halftime and someone mentioned a sweeper to me and I said, under no circumstances, mm. it's not my ethos. It's never been my coaching ethos. I believe the scoreboard is what counts. I believe you defend the scoreboard as best you can, but to create the scores is what you're looking for. We've got a wonderful score out there today. Like I think it's 3.15 we scored. Mm. That's a fantastic score in the game of Camogie. So it is. Our players were had to win their own individual battles but we were also tactically aware that Clare in the first half were had a sweeper playing and we knew then what we wanted to do with the ball like so like to me to me it was stand up and be counted like and when you're on area you were playing for Cork you were representing your county and like I like to have that ball move quickly you know if, you, if you're in trouble, get the hand pass off, give it to the person in a play, position that can move it on for us, but hit that full forward line as early as possible. And like we had some fantastic inside forwards, and like the damage was done there today, so it was early. Clodagh Finn in, in particular, and even Fiona Keaton there in the wing, picking up player of the game too, as leaders that probably are going to have some long careers with Cork. Ah, yeah, they're mad Camogie players. Like uh, we did profiles on all the girls, and it's interesting, all the girls. Every one of them has, has said that this is their life. They want to play camogie for Cork. And like I think that's a great testament to the girls that are up there at the senior at the moment. I mean, they've created that environment for these young women. 
and I think their clubs as well have, have contributed massively towards their, what has happened here today. We're only guardians of what's happened here today. But going back to the girls, Fiona Keating and Claude Finn, like you take Fiona Keating won here last year, Fiona, uh, Claude Finn lost here last year. She was playing with the Cork under 16s okay. who got a serious beating from Galway. I was here that day. So like I had girls out there today who I think it was nine of them today that played and nine of those girls were here last year and didn't have a nice day here because they were under 16. Today is a wonderful day for them and, mm-hmm. you know, great credit is due for them, due to them. But yes, Fiona again stood up as a big championship player on the big day. Her form has improved on Claude Finn. I've trusted her all year long. They're sent a full forward and she has turned up and she's wonderful. But then, like, I could name all the girls like, because there's great, great, great work around the whole field with the whole lot of them. And, like, at the end of the game there, I brought on four of the subs. I brought on my five, but I brought on four of those five girls. I, they, they're finishing their careers as minors, so they're now gone out after playing as well. I'd love to have been brought on a few more of the girls, but I, the rules only allow me to find subs. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know? So that's it, like, you know. So, yeah, looking ahead to I suppose, some of these girls going on towards the senior and intermediate squads. Yeah, some of them will in time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're still young. Some of them have to go back now and concentrate on their leaving certs. I suppose that's a big positive about this competition. The competition is played before the leaving cert is over mm-hmm. and done with. Um, so they can concentrate on the leaving cert now and get back get back into that type of work as well. And then, like, the girls will go back to their clubs now again and play with the clubs. Like, we've been good that way, like, in the sense that I be, I'm a great believer in the clubs and having the players out there because I think it creates a good, healthy environment. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you're in... Uh, an environment where you're with each other all the time, 31, 32 players, it, it becomes a small bit stale, like a small bit, like, and you need to you need to let them out there and they need to play against each other because at the end of the day, that's it's very important for development of players. And speaking about that, like you had a, a six-day turnaround from last week and seven-day turnaround from the All-Ireland semi-final. How, what, how did you go about this week? Yeah, this week, this past week, what I did was uh, straight after the Kilkenny game, we uh, we got ice cream. <laughs> And that was part of the recovery process. And Getting the protein yeah, in. <laughs> and then the girls were, were released to their clubs on Sunday and Monday. So they played, some girls played football matches um, and some girls played in the camogie matches that the clubs had organised. But then I had them close down shop from Tuesday night again. So we got back together Tuesday night. We were very fortunate. We got to go to one of the hotels in Cork and we, the girls had a lovely evening there. And we did our training there. And... Then we got together on Thursday night at 8 o'clock and we had a 35-minute training session, nice training session, and we outlined our, our, our tactics, our game plan, and we discussed clear and we, uh, we, we, we asked for them to treat them with great respect because it was an All-Ireland final that we were facing into. And then we, they, 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 they camped down last night because there was a storm. <laughs> like I have two Hannahs in the team here, right? So there was not at all a storm last night. There was a storm today, too, like, you know? And... Um, we came here today and like, and we came here to win, like. And I suppose it was one of the things I said to the girls on Thursday night, like, you know, an All Ireland final is, is a big occasion. But I said a big occasion is no good unless you, you remember it as a match. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, no matter where you play in Ireland on any day and a final, it's just a match. So that was the biggest thing that we kept saying to them that today was only about turning up and being themselves and playing. You know, not being nervous about this so-called occasion. Mm-hmm. Yes, treat it with the respect that it deserves. But at the end of the day, you must perform on the day of an All-Ireland final. And fair play to them. Two years in a row, we've got them across the line. It's wonderful, like, you know. And Jerry, it won't keep you for too much yeah. longer. What's the plans for the celebrations tonight? Oh, where yes, are we going? just for tonight, yes. We're heading back down to the Fairgrove. We were supposed to be there at six o'clock, but we haven't a hope of being there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're heading for the Fairgrove first. There's a dinner there for us all, and the families will probably meet up with us there. And then the bus is going on first to Glen Rovers, just 
us for 30 minutes but we pull in there to the Glen because um, Emma Murphy is our vice captain and has been captain because Hannah has been sick and then we're moving on after about 30 minutes or 35 minutes we're moving on to Ballancolic to our club cap- our captain um, Hannah O'Leary Hannah's club so we're going to be there then after that and then I believe the girls have something arranged for themselves after that <laughs> my duty's finishing Ballancolic and I can't <laughs> wait I can't wait <laughs> perfect thanks very much Eric. you're very congratulations welcome. again and thanks very much again to Red FM as well for the bit of help during the week and a bit of coverage and we're very much appreciated and I know the county board and the Camogie board are very appreciative of it too no problem at all thanks very much yeah it was certainly our pleasure that's Sherry Wallace there uh, Cork minor Camogie boss uh, speaking after picking up back to back all our entitles after a hugely impressive win over a Clare 315-212 spoke to Laura on the phone a bit earlier she was saying that the, the, the wind had a massive factor and then I, I assume that Cork had won the toss because the wind was so strong and it was interesting then uh, to hear Jerry say that Clare won the toss and made Cork play with the wind in the first half and Cork uh, racing out into uh, a big lead in uh, the uh, the opening half uh, Clare came back and uh, really fought back as well uh, but it was a huge part of the game was uh, the wind it was 3-11 to 3 points to Cork at half time Clare battled back bravely but uh, Cork winning um in the end, a fantastic result for the Rebels uh, celebrations. As you heard, Jerry, are going to be epic by the sounds of it this evening and fully deserve the R2. Congratulations to all the Cork uh, players, management, mentors, uh, parents as well um, uh, on a fantastic victory. And I'm sure that uh, we'll be hearing a lot more from this group of players uh, in the coming years. All right, half time in the uh, evening kickoff. Brighton nil, uh, Newcastle one is how it stands. Iosi Perez with the game's only goal after 18 minutes. Uh, we are going to talk football now. Actually, um, defeat for Cork City last night in uh, the SSC Electricity League Premier Division as their poor, poor run of form uh, continues. Um, they lost 2-0 to uh, Derry City last night uh, Owen Toll and Jamie McDonough with the goals um, Conor McCormick was sent off for uh, two bookable offences um, I saw the highlights on Derry City's uh, YouTube page today I have to say um, it looked like a penalty to me um, but I thought the yellow card was a bit harsh it looked like a bit of a coming together um, and for Conor McCormick to receive a second yellow for that seemed um, harsh. Um, I heard a report from someone who was up there suggesting that um, Barry McNamee was who was fouled, the former Cork City player, um, slipped and just lost the ball. And uh, the referee saw that as a foul by Conor McCormick, but it looked harsh. And it arrived at a period where uh, Cork were uh, looking and trying to get um, back into restore parity. It happened in 80 minutes up at the Brandywell. Uh, but another defeat for Cork City. Um, 13, 12 points from 13 games now um, it's not looking good um, they need to turn things around turn things around very quickly uh, starting with Van Harps on uh, Monday um, but we'll talk more about that in a second first off I'm going to hear from uh, John Caulfield and his reaction to last night's uh, game very disappointing you know I think it was um, their, f- their first goal you know it came from a set piece um, we were sloppy in marking and we're normally good at that but unfortunately the last couple of weeks we've conceded that way and um, you know just that type of game was very tight there wasn't much in it second half we came out and uh, it became a bit end to end Peter Cherry made a fantastic save from Gary Buckley and uh, obviously Colin McCarty's header was cleared off the line and it was that type, it was that type of night and unfortunately then we compounded where Barry Mac- McNamee went into the box and in fairness to Barry he lost control of the ball and he fell over 
below and a penalty was given and then worse again Conor McCormick was sent off really when he hadn't done anything to the players so you know an ultimately good save so up to the end we were pushing desperately trying to see if we could get the equaliser James City brought a great save off Peter you know maybe five minutes to go um, but ultimately I think it was one of those nights where you know with the referee we came out of defence with the ball we were passing across it hit the referee went back in, into play for them and they stuck the winner in the last minute but you know it, it's disappointing because tonight we had, a, we had a few chances we didn't take them but ultimately the first goal to give away that goal probably um, you know set them on their way and that's, that's what was disappointing Would you be encouraged by the fact that you worked the keeper more than maybe you have in a couple of recent games? Well I think in the last couple of games particularly Sligo and Sligo, we worked them more but we still, we still didn't score which is disappointing but yeah that, that, that is a positive but um, look at it's, it's, it's like at the moment we all know the position in we're in we need to get we need to get results and um, you know Monday night is, you, is, you know, is a huge game for us at home and uh, we, 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 we need to we need to um, we need we need to, we need to score and, and um, you know so look we've, we've, we've worked to do in the next two days over that Yeah and obviously a quick turnaround facing into a game against Harps thriller against them earlier in the season and they've got a good point in Sligo tonight so it'll be certainly another tough game Ah yeah well every game is tough and everyone's working hard you know again Monday night you know need all our, our hardcore supporters out Monday night get right behind the team you know we need a win um, you know I just feel you know obviously we haven't scored in the last few games and we know that's difficult but you know Monday night we just need to to, to make sure we win the match and um, and uh, we, we, we'll prepare on, on tomorrow evening and Sunday for that you know obviously Conor McCormick will miss out on Monday after sending off you know, a couple of other players missed the trip tonight due to injury are you expecting any update on any of them yeah it's just unfortunate at the moment that we have a few knocks and we're just going to have to assess them in the next two days so um, Garrod obviously was out tonight Alan Bennett may be back but it's, it's still tight they're all you know with, with this run of so many games in, in, in three and four days and it's been so intense over the last three, three weeks we've just picked up knocks and it's been unfortunate but look at the most important thing is that Monday night we need to, we need to win the match and um, you know it would be great to have a you know a, a big home crowd and, uh, and see can we, can we get that win yeah, and that's uh, boss John Caulfield speaking after last night's uh, 2-0 defeat to Derry City. Um, City now without their win in seven league games. Um, they've only they've gone three matches now without scoring a goal as well. And they're in a very poor run of form. Needs to get back to winning ways. I mean, like it's uh, looking worrying. Um, at the hit the wrong end of the table, and you see City third from bottom at this stage of the season. You want City to be higher, obviously, and um, not people suggesting to me that maybe City are going to be in for a relegation battle, which is um, slightly worrying to hear talk of that after uh, thirteen games of the season. But look, a win against Finn Harps uh, on Monday would go a long way to, uh, to to getting back on on track so they just need to find it out they need to get some confidence back they need to start scoring goals I mean like, I know it sounds very basic and very easy when I'm saying that here behind the microphone oh City need to score goals thanks for that Einstein um, but it's just a case of they haven't scored in three league games they just need to put two or three or four past the team get that confidence back get that swagger back they're taking on a Finn Harps team who's conceded 21 goals in 14 games um, so fingers crossed or conceded 29 goals I should say in 14 games um, so fingers crossed that he can find the net basically get back to winning ways and um, start climbing that table go back towards um, those um, European places but then you look at the league table they're 15 points behind the European places already Bowes on 27 points City on 12 so it could be um, a very uh, long season if Cork City don't start winning and winning soon but hopefully they can do that against Finn Harps on Monday 7.45 to kick off for that one in Turners Cross we have a pair of tickets to give away for that game now if you would like to go all you have to do 
is text us 086-8104-106 086-8104-106 um, is the place to send your uh, texts to us um, we want your name your full address please and all I want to know is who is your favourite Cork City player who is your favourite Cork City player 086-8104-106 will enter you into the draw for a pair of tickets uh, for City and Harps on f- Monday night I was going to say Friday uh, Monday at 7.45 at the cross and we've got a text in to say just to let Red FM and the good people of the Rebel County know the under 17 FAI Cup final result in Delmont Park in Dublin Blarney United 1 St Kevin's boys nil. congratulations United Sundays on Red FM just got a brand new look turn it up louder from 10am it's Killian Pettit with Quartz Hit Music from 2pm it's Anna Geary with music sport and more turn it up louder from 6pm, it's Red FM's Big Red Bench for the cork sport that matters. Sundays on Red FM. Hit music all day long. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you until 7pm. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench and really hope your Saturday is going well. All right, we're going to uh, continue to talk football and uh, last week at the first part of an interview with uh, Cork man Pat Kelly uh, about his incredible refereeing career. He um, finished his uh, assessment career um, last week and uh, probably the uh, the best place uh, he could possibly do it in, um, against uh, for Barcelona or in Barcelona against uh, Manchester United in the the, uh, the Champions League uh, an incredible achievement uh, from Pat uh, but this is Kiron's uh, uh, part two off his chat with Pat um, per, first part's available on our podcast as well you can get that on redextra.ie but for uh, more from Pat Kelly uh, this is Kiron in conversation with the man and uh, he starts off by talking about the abuse he's received on through the years it does of course well I've, I've had two very serious assaults in my career and um, once I was refereeing in the school boys league and I moved into junior football and I was head butted had my nose broken nice. uh, after giving a decision to a team the incident happened outside the penalty area. He was looking for a penalty, and I was just explaining, "No, it's not. It's outside the penalty area." And before I knew it, I was on the ground after being headbutted. Yeah. And the same happened to me. Um, maybe eight to ten years later, uh, something similar happened. Um, and I was also headbutted in the League of Ireland match, which I believe. Nice. Now, when I say headbutted, there was only contact made with my head. I continued the match, and that you know. Wouldn't regard regarded as a serious assault or anything, yeah. not like the other two. But um it didn't you know, it didn't prevent me from continuing what I loved doing. Um I mean my father was a referee before me mm-hmm. and I decided to take on the mantle when he, he passed away in, in nineteen sixty five. He was actually killed in a road accident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just took it on from there and Delighted that the boys took it up after me as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. We'll, we'll, talk about, your, uh, we'll talk about the two lads in a, in a minute, but you mentioned it didn't, uh, yeah. it didn't put you off, obviously, but you have to have a lot of mental strength for something like that to not put you off because you see young but, referees yeah. and there's things shouted yeah. at the sideline at them. Definitely. But um, at the time, you know, the referee observer, I was here at the time, um, pleaded with me not to let these people win. And I decided to continue, even though, I was, you know, it was 
just traumatic at the time, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, I'm going to carry on. And there, there were no matches played down here for a weekend. There was a blanket strike uh, on the referee's part because of what happened. And, um, you know, it's not that common nowadays, but yeah. the incident above in Westmead during the season, like, woke everybody up, you know. But that should have been dealt with, you know. The, the FEI should have taken that on board and made it made it more serious. And all the FEI were interested in that time was getting matches played at the weekend. You know, there should have been a, a, an example set that weekend for that referee. And then, you know, people would take notice. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to get people into refereeing, particularly at a young age. Yeah. And to see the like to this, you know. Yeah, and keep them at it then as well. Um, oh, yeah. One, one thing you've had to work with more recently, possibly, is VAR in the the game. People still undecided, some saying, yeah, it's good, others saying, no, we saw it in use the other night in probably one of the most thrilling games of the year, if not longer. That's right, yeah. Um, how did you find that? And, and how well, how was it working with the refs? We had it on the Tuesday night as well. We had one incident where a penalty was awarded, and it came down. Then that's um, you know, you need to re- review this again. And the referee went over and reviewed it, and decided to overturn the decision. Then, you know, now I'm not going to tell you what was right or what was wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. it was my first time being involved with VAR. Okay. And I've seen it in the United States. I've seen a lot of matches over there. I look at their matches every week on television and I can understand what they're doing. I'm a believer in it. Okay. Um, anything that helps the referee, I'm a believer in. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I know it might take time, in, but 99 times out of 100, the correct decision will be made in the end. Yeah, I suppose and that's the important thing, you know. At the end of the day, that is the the most important thing. However, way the, the decision comes, it's it's the right decision is made. Um, you you mentioned uh, you're watching a lot of games in the states. I'm sure you watch lots of games in the League of Ireland as well, because uh, as, oh, you, know, of as you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, Alan and Graham, your sons are are, are very heavily involved. Alan uh, refereed, I think it was a Champions League a few years ago before going to the the states, and has really. Uh, I don't know whether he's exceeded his own expectations out there but winning the top ref in three of the four years or, or so um, he's obviously doing very well out there Oh he is yeah and, and he probably has exceeded his own expectations but um, I knew he always had the ability uh, it's difficult when you're coming from a small country mm. like or a small football country um, to reach the top level Yeah, you know and um, no matter how good you are it's difficult to reach the top level. And the fact that we don't have anybody on the uh, UEFA Referees Committee or anything else, um, you know, that, that probably would help as well. But that's not the case. You just go out and, and as I said to him down through the years, you go and do the best you can and it's up to other people to either promote you or demote you. That's the way it goes, you know. Yeah, we might touch but, um, on, we might touch on that again in a second. But Graham is obviously very busy ref as well in the League of Ireland. Yes, and uh, Graham is one of these. So he killed me for saying this. No, like, but <laughs> go on, say it anyway, Alan Pat. To, I never, I will. I never asked Alan to go refereeing. Alan made up his mind. He wanted, to, you know, he obviously got a buzz out of what I did, and decided he wanted to referee. Graham, Graham was overweight. Okay. And himself and a good friend of his, Mark Healy, 
I said, I was, I was running a beginner's course. I said, I need the two of you to go out there. You need to lose a bit of weight or whatever. And they came out. That didn't continue after, but Graham did. And Graham has gone from strength to strength down through the years and um, is as fit as anybody else in the country at this stage and has done very well refereeing wise. Um, maybe unlucky that he's my son. He never happened before that. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm gone out, I'm gone out the FA, you know. And um, but there were a lot of things down through the years to us. Hopefully, he'll reach where he wants to reach. He'll never be a FIFA referee, you know, because of age. Yeah. But hopefully, he'll achieve what he set out to achieve. Yeah. And um, once he once he took it to heart, you know. Yeah, like the two lads have had great occasions themselves, like with, with Allen and Champions League and the MLS Cups and so on, and, and even Graham. Mm. Just even more recently, um, he was obviously involved in the 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 Liam or Liam oh, Miller Liam tribute Miller game. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. you could see he was having fun during that match as well. And I think he left. Yeah. If if you were observing that day, there might have been a few X's because I think he left a few fouls go. <laughs> but they're, they're, like they're obviously they've both had good occasions themselves. They have, yeah. And as I say, you know, personality comes into it. Graham has a Graham has a very um Graham was like me. Alan is totally different. Alan was black and white with a lot of things, you know. Okay. And Alan was very professional. You know, Alan would have his kit on before he goes to match and things like that. And that three kits and that all be uh, like he's like some fell in the army, everything would be eyes and moist and everything. You know, very yeah. professional, I'd have to say. A lot more professional than I was in my time. <laughs> And uh, Graham then has um, Graham has a good personality as well, but um, much different to Alan. Alan will dot every I and cross every T. Mm-hmm. Graham is a bit. Graham will speak to fellas like even yeah. Alan had a great uh, relationship with players down through the years, and players have said that to me themselves, like you know. Mm-hmm. But um, Graham is is a bit more casual than than Alan was. Uh, but still in all done very well and hopefully continues to do well and as I say hopefully he'll achieve what he set out to achieve Yeah well look being a bit that way can can work with players as well when you're a bit more on their, their level um, you're, you're not uh, retired you're only the, the whole UEFA thing is because of an age limit but uh, you're still in the League of Ireland uh, watching over referees and locally and all that That's right yeah Yeah, yeah well I mean I help referees and, um, you know, even though I'm gone from the League of Ireland panel for eight years with regard to running the panel, um, they still ring me when they have a problem. Yeah. You know, because we had that relationship down through the years, like, and, you know, we can speak about things and they can advise them and of certain things, but I always say to them, like, the people that are running the panel now, they have to listen to them because... They're really their bosses. Like I'm just here in an advisory cap- capacity for each individual referee, you know. But if they ring me, if they ring me looking for advice, I'll give them the best possible advice I can give them, yeah. and that's it. And hopefully that will continue into the future. Where I would hope to work closely with the younger referees. Um, and help them move up to the League of Ireland panel and hopefully onto the international scene after that, you know. Is the the standard uh, improving? I suppose in one way it, it almost has to because, you know, the skills and all that are always improving as well and the speed of players and your positioning has yeah. to get better as well, you know. Definitely, yeah. And um, with local football, it's difficult at times because you're refereeing on your own. You don't have assistance. Yeah. Um, 
and then you're thrown into a higher level and you're working with assistance, it takes time to adjust to that as well, you know. Yeah. And, you know, but we can only help them. Fitness levels are very important and, you know, on a local, on the local scene, we could have people who could be fitter and would make their job much easier. Okay, yeah. Uh, and these people, you know, I don't have to speak to them and tell them that, like, they know themselves. That's when they get to a certain level that uh, they're not able to, they're not able to reach the standards they want to reach because of fitness levels. Yeah. But they can only work on this themselves, you know. We can advise people about, and we can set up training programs from and everything else, but it's up to them to show up and take an interest in it. Yeah, and look, uh, before I leave you go, Pat, uh, you don't sound like you've any plans of uh, uh, packing it in just yet anyway. No, the next next job now is a half marathon in, oh. on the 2nd of June, which I intend to walk. Uh, I, I've done my full marathon zone through the years, but um, time now where you have to realise that uh, you're, you have to realise your age. But I mean, I'll only be doing what I'm doing every week anyway. I walk every morning, so... Yeah. Um, I'll do a half marathon and that'll be it and we'll take it easy then I'll go to out, out to Alan for a few weeks and then go to a few games with him outside Thanks very much for joining us and best luck at that marathon as well Thanks Kieran. Yeah, really interesting stuff there. Uh, one referee talking to another there as uh, Kieran interviewed Pat Kelly about his career. Really, really interesting stuff there uh, from Pat. And uh, best luck to him in the the uh, the, the Cork City Marathon as well. Um, but if you want to hear part one of that chat, you can get it on the Big Red Bench podcast, uh, redextra.ie or an Apple podcast or on Spotify as well. All right, uh, just some updates uh, in the uh, Premier League. Uh, Newcastle still beating Brighton by a goal to nil, thanks to Ayozi Perez's goal in the first half. In the Championship, Sheffield United are a goal up on Ipswich Town, 71 minutes on the clock there. Norwich City and Blackburn is a half-seven kickoff. And in the uh, Pro 14, Ulster taking the lead against Leinster. It's Ulster 14. Leinster 13 uh, 63 minutes on the clock Munster and Connors of course at uh, 7.35 kick off uh, this evening uh, at the same time as uh, Glasgow Warriors and Edinburgh um, so that's pretty much uh, everyone up to date on the snooker as well Stephen Maguire and James Cahill have gone to a deciding frame their level at uh, 12 frames apiece Gary Wilson uh, beating Mark Selby today 13 frames to 10 was how that uh, finished but a deciding frame now between Maguire and Cahill keep you posted on that one as well uh, a reminder of our competition one last reminder pair of tickets to give away to uh, Cork City and Finn Harps on Monday night hopefully hopefully fingers crossed Cork City can get back to winning ways um, they're taking on a Harps that have conceded uh, 29 goals in 14 games so hopefully City can get a couple and get all three points as well Monday turn us across 7.45 the kickoff time for that one if uh, you uh, want to head along text me your name and your address uh, to 086 and uh, just let me know who your favourite Cork City player is your favourite Cork City player, please, and we'll announce the winners, or the winner, uh, just before 7 o'clock, before we hand you over uh, to Stevie G uh, for the block party. All right, going to talk LA Games now, and uh, Cork and Nascara player Aileen Sheehan uh, won the AIB Munster Club Camogie Player of the Season Award recently. Uh, she's been in conversation with Oshin Langan. Aileen Sheehan, congratulations on being named the AIB Munster Camogie Player of the Season for 2018-2019. It's been some season for the club. 
Yeah, it's been outstanding. Um, I don't think I think our county um, was the first step that we wanted to go to at the start of the year. I suppose we won three in our own Cork, and that was a big thing. Um, but then that was never going to be enough. So we definitely wanted to go on and win, win Munster this year. The last two years, it's kind of been put up against us because we've been playing within 24 hours and 48 hours um, to go into the Munster Championship, and it hasn't really worked out uh, too well for us. So the minute we got through the county and we were successful there, we went on, and it was really we were really driven well by the lads to just get through Munster and see how far we could get after that. For yourself you had a bit of momentum going into the club because you were part of the Cork squad that won the All-Ireland. Did that help? Oh yeah, definitely. Like Cork, um, they're on a, a, a very good setup in there. Um, Paddy, all the girls, they're they're so professional, and I learned so much from being inside with the girls. Um, and to be able to bring that back to the club and bring it back to the girls, other different types of plays, um, different ways of looking after yourself, all that nutrition, um, they taught me a lot. So it really, it really added to the club at the end of the day. I spoke to your club manager, Kevin Murphy. He said, if anything, you work too hard, and sometimes he has to try and pull you back. Is that the case? Yeah, I think that is the case a small bit. I just love playing sport. Um, I love playing matches, whether it's whether it's football, camogie. I play football with Granada. Um, I'm very pl- proud of Granada Club as well. Granada, I'm really proud of Granada. I came there originally. Um, we didn't have an adult team when I was younger, so I moved over to Nascara, and I, it's probably one of the best moves I've ever made for myself, but I still play football with them, and tag rugby, volleyball, you name it, I try and play whatever I can just for the enjoyment. So, yeah, he tries to slow me down sometimes. <laughs> what was your standout moment of the championship? Oh well, I think um, I think coming back from Cork, I struggled a lot through the county series, um, trying to get back into the club, trying to get back into the team. So I think I really didn't find my form until the semi-final and onto the final in the Munster. So um, I think definitely the Munster final was such a relief to get that Munster medal finally. Um, I had the county got, but that Munster medal, I have a cousin who played for a year and she had a Munster medal and I never did. So that always drove me on um, so I'm really really proud of the way we conducted ourselves in Munster this year and how driven we were I know you were disappointed to lose the All-Ireland semi-final but you had to I guess celebrate what you have and what you haven't and to win Munster after an 8 year gap that was quite an achievement and to win Cork is always an achievement obviously Yeah like I was talking to a lot of people after that semi-final we went through a hard Christmas trying to manage that Christmas is difficult um, and then come up in, in the middle of February the end of March to try and play championship again after Christmas season is very tough so we learnt a lot from it um, a lot of people said they were disappointed after it I wasn't disappointed I think we have a lot to learn from it we have a lot to take from it I think we're there thereabouts I don't think we were there just to finish it off Slapneil are extremely strong St Martins are stronger on the day um, they worked us extremely well so I'm delighted again of how we conducted ourselves and how we played um, I do think it's there but I think it's going to take another year for another couple of players to develop for us to get there Yeah and you could see that actually in that semi-final the potential to kick on but look that's a learning that every team has to go through even you know the Cork Camogie team Cork Ladies Football team they all had hard days Dublin footballers um, just before I let you go it never stops, does it? I mean, you're back in with Cork, obviously, another season to look forward to with in a scar, but you relish that, don't you? You like being busy. Oh, I love it, yeah, yeah. I had, We were already back in the league there, played our first game on Wednesday night. I had a football game last night, so, yeah, the more we can run around, um, the better. And fitness, it's all about fitness this time of year and enjoying ourselves. So, um, we're getting back. I was talking to Kevin the other day. We're going to get back and socially, getting back to enjoying our sport, and we'll wait till the competitive end of the year then to, to step it up again. Aileen, congratulations on winning the AIB Munster Camogie Club Player of the Season. Thanks, my dear.
Yeah, that's uh, Oshin Langan there in conversation with uh, Inascara's Aileen Sheehan. Uh, Kerry Sean O'Shea, meanwhile, won the, uh, the Football Award for his performances for UCC in the Sigerson Cup. He's also been chatting with Oshin. Sean O'Shea, congratulations on winning the Electric Ireland Higher Education GA Rising Star Football Player of the Year for 2019 after an unbelievable season with UCC that saw you win the Sigerson Cup and, of course, your hurling teammates and your hurling colleagues win the Fitzgibbon Cup. It's been quite a season for the college. Yeah, I suppose it's been great for the college. Um, say it's been over 30 years since the double was done but even just taking the two on their own it's been a long time since we've won on their own I'd say it's four or five years so I suppose for a college like UCC we want to be entry competing every year so it's great to win not just one but to win the two of them this year is great When I watched UCC this year I saw a cohesion and I saw a unity and that that's not easy to achieve in college's football considering you don't get to train together that much maybe you don't get to work together that much so how did that cohesion and unity come about? Um, I suppose it came from the top down really and from Billy and I as management team instilling that belief and instilling kind of the tradition of UCC and the pride that goes over in UCC jersey and stuff like that so once you put that on then you kind of just you forget where you're from you forget who you play for what clubs you're with and everything like that and just all have the same goal trying to do whatever you can to try and win the Sigerson or Fiskeben or whatever it may be You've had a lot of success already in your young life. Where does the Electric Ireland Sigerson Cup title that you've won at UCC rank? Oh, it's absolutely massive. Like, you know, it's, it's a very tough one to win. And, I mean, not many people probably have medals below and carry. Like, there's be a few having with UCC, right? But I'll say that, like, it's a, it's a very covered medal and it's right up there, yeah. And there's a huge bond between you and your teammates. I can see that here tonight at the awards. Oh, yeah, definitely, you know. I suppose winning helps that too, but uh, even throughout the year, it's been good crash, you know, meeting with the lads on and off the field, you know, you kind of, kind of the fellas you know most from your college days are fellas you probably play football with, so it's, I'm sure, in 20 years or 15 years, whenever we meet, we'll always be able to have a chat with each other and kind of remember how we played and want to figure something we used to see. I know as a Kerry man, it's hard to praise any Cork man, but what about Billy Morgan? Oh, yeah, especially, he's an amazing man, like, just, uh, I suppose, the respect everyone on the team has for him and everyone within the college really um, the work he's done f- just for us but even throughout his managerial career and playing career is just just to have someone like that in charge is great it's phenomenal What about yourself you've had a busy season you went straight from the Sigerson into a fairly successful league campaign with Kerry didn't end the way you wanted but I'm sure you learned from it Yeah I suppose yeah look we'll, we have I'd say we're out to the first weekend of June in championship so We've, uh, we're back with the clubs at the moment, so we're playing club championship. But after that, then we'll be supposed back in with Kerry knuckling down and getting ready for the championship. This is what you like, though, isn't it? I mean, all games, you know, it means you don't have to train as much. Oh, yeah, it's been massive. I mean, the end, from the end of January there to right up to now, like, you know, it's been game after game every week. So it's kind of what you want, really. And if we didn't have him, I suppose he'd be given out. So it's great to have the games. Sean, just before I let you go, what's your favourite memory from the Electric Ireland Sigerson Cup this season? Um, I suppose just the final whistle in the final you know that feeling kind of relief elation everything just when you have the cigarettes and like you don't get many chances at it so to have when the referee blood whistle there was just a great sense of kind of relief and enjoyment and the crack we had after as well was good so it was very enjoyable I'm sure it was Sean O'Shea congratulations sure. well done thanks Shane thank yeah it's uh, Sean O'Shea rewarded for his performances uh, for UCC in the Sigerson Cup Kerry Man Shane Crowley or Conway excuse me uh, taking the hurling prize uh, for uh, helping them to Fitzgibbon Cup success he's also been chatting with us Shane Conway of Lixnall and Kerry and UCC congratulations on winning the Electric Ireland Higher Education GA Rising Star Hurling Player of the Season Award. First of all, how does it feel to get such an honour? 
Um, it's actually brilliant. It's, I didn't really expect it that much. There was um, 15 great competitors inside there against me, and I thought other boys might uh, sneak it, but I didn't really think that there was an award like this going. And then when I looked and on the leaflet and it said that there was an award like this, I didn't think that I'd be getting it anyway. But um, it's just it's great to it's great to get it. It's great for the family and all of Kerry and especially UCC. And it's a, it's great that we were represented, and it's it's just very good. At what point in the season did you feel something special is happening here? Not just for you, but for, for UCC. I suppose we started out early November and we kind of knew we had a decent team and we got to the league final and uh, DCU narrowly beat us that day and that was kind of the kick on from us where we kind of goes, we, we know we're good enough here if we if we can just manage everything and get all the Cork lads back into it and if we can get them training with us and build a small bit of momentum and then we heard the draw we got you well which was very tough and we got NUIG so we said that's two tough games straight away and since we got over the line with them we said we knew that this will stand to us later on and then DCU put up a great fight with us and I think that's what stood to us it was a tough game against UL and we just kind of knew how to manage it that bit better than they did maybe and we got a small few lucky breaks and thanks be to God we ended up in winning it so it was nice and what did it mean to you to bring the trophy to Kerry with all the lads as well I mean that must have been really special yeah, it was very special. I didn't really think it would uh, it would materialise at all. It, because it, went, it went viral essentially, didn't it? It was all over social media. Not in the Guido sense, but but not far off. Yeah, it was all over the place. It was everyone was saying it to me from all different clubs that it was it was great that and it was nice that all the UCC lads came down and it was just someone had a mad notion one night saying on Sunday saying we'll come down to like Monday and I didn't think it would really happen at all. And then in the finish it just there was twenty six or twenty seven fellas that were ready to go on the bus and it was just like uh, I said they still don't really know what's after hitting them but no it was it was very special it was nice and everyone turned out uh, all everyone, all the locals turned out and it was very nice it was it was something special definitely I'll remember it for the rest of my life and I had great stuff indeed alright we are out of time and we're back tomorrow from 6 and uh, Stevie's up next with the block party winner of our Cork City versus Finn Harps tickets um, Ken O'Callaghan who texted in said that his favourite player is Alan Bennett a tremendous servant to the club for many years and his two spells still a great reader of the game and a leader cannot disagree with any of that Ken congratulations a pair of tickets there for you for Cork City and Finn Harps at the cross on Monday alright we are out of time I will see you tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening folks The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM